Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, and with us right now, we've got Barry Schwartz. Barry, you are the founder of Radical Results, and you're on the web at barryschwartz.com. Thank you so much for joining us. You're so welcome, Josh. So, Barry, we want to talk about sales. Uh, sales is a, uh, without sales, ain't nothing getting done in business. Is that right? That is certainly correct. <laughs> How did you find yourself in this position? Did you go to school? You always knew you were going to be a sales professional, or, or how did this come about? Yes. My superhero origin story mm-hmm. is that I used to be a lawyer, um, absolutely hated it. And um, I left, I got involved with one of the top consulting firms in the world. I became their youngest partner in 60 years. Um, and then after being there for about three years, I left and started my own shop about four and a half years ago now, never looked back and just been rocking and rolling. So what led you to believe that you could provide um, sales in a way that maybe was not being done very effectively in the in, in Did you start off just working primarily in, in, with law firms or did you just, did, did you uh, pinpoint any particular niche? My first uh, clients were small businesses with under 15 employees. Uh-huh. Um, and after about two years working with them, I started working with some Fortune 500s like Pepsi, Uber, um, WeWork, and so on. Um, and then just been taking off since, you know, from there. I mean, nowadays I'll work primarily with my favorite clients are small business owners with under 30 employees because um, you can really create a tremendous impact um, when you're working with an organization with, you know, 18,000 people, you're not really going to make too much impact. So those are my typical clients. And, you know, I got involved with sales because I saw, I saw that uh, I created something called the spiritually shameless sales model, or sometimes I just call it the shameless sales model. It has four pillars, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just saw so much confusion around sales. Sales can be the funnest and most meaningful part of your day when done right. right. You know, I see this and I, I'm sure you see this a lot. I mean, this is extremely common is that most people get into business. They're visionary. They've got an idea. They can solve a problem um, and they're good at solving that problem or they're really great at providing that technical solution or those professional services. But sales and marketing is just not something that's, it's, we're, we're not necessarily being taught this in school. It's certainly not part of, uh, when you got your law degree, um, you certainly, and you, I don't know that you, you probably didn't have any classes on either sales or marketing, uh, in law school. Am I right? Definitely not. <laughs> so most people just kind of have to pick this up. And I think most of us, uh, I think start off being very uncomfortable with the idea of sales because 
you know, we're going to, we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid that, uh, you know, people are going to think that we're just trying to get sales. That was my biggest thing in the early days. Uh, you know, and that, that, I, that I wasn't valuing them for some reason. Um, but what do you, what do you say, or what would you imagine would be some of the first steps to say, okay, great. You got a company. Okay, you're doing some advertising, whatever, but at the end of the day, you still need to do sales. And so where's a great place to start? Is that something where a founder just says, ah, la, 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 I'm never going to learn about this stuff. I'm just going to hire a sales professional and just trust that they know what to do? Um, I I mean, a founder can try that and and God bless them if that works. Um, But generally, um, every founder is a salesperson and every business owner is a salesperson um, no one's going to care about your baby like you do. We all know that. And um, the buck stops with you. Now, there's a lot of confusion around sales. I mean, look, modern sales arose a short 90 years ago, basically, um, with the rise of marketing as well in the 20s and 30s. And the market has changed so much. The average consumer nowadays is so jaded and so skeptical of all the bullshit promises that corporations and companies have made to them that if you're trying to sell people with uh you know so would you like to speak tuesday or wednesday (laughs) and (laughs) you know what i mean when like you you haven't even asked them if they want to speak again right you're just you're 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 bringing a knife to a gunfight it just doesn't work anymore yeah you know, I've studied and led consumer behavior for 13 years now as a consumer expert. And, uh, you know, I can, I can tell you just like what you said is that uh, consumers have never been more savvy to or, or, or more able to dissect, wait a minute, why did you just ask me A or B? I didn't even I didn't even agree to A or B yet. Like most, I think in the old you know the olden days, you know you know five ten years ago, I think you could still get away with that stuff a little bit, and people would just kind of follow along because we saw the authority of the person who was at the furniture store or selling the SaaS software, well, maybe not SaaS at that time, but you know was selling whatever solution it was at the time, and so we respected that they had a certain level of authority now today where consumers just don't make decisions. Most consumers don't make decisions until they've done their due diligence. Right. And that's just a part of how we buy today is, is we say, well, I would be a fool if I didn't at least look and check and see some reviews before I give you all my money. I mean, it's just, or we look for coupons or we look for, we want, we want to find out what other users and customers have to say. We want to find the complaints and see what, well, what did people complain about? Uh, Is there, what's the industry saying about them? What's the media saying about them? A really, really great book on this, Mark Schaefer, Marketing Rebellion, I think spells it out brilliantly. It came out last year, just in terms of what, large companies know about consumer behavior today. And so if you're on either the front line or managing a sales team, sounds like Barry, this is something you ought to be pretty savvy about. Yeah. And don't also don't forget that um, a short 20 years ago, uh, if you came to me and said, Barry, Hey, I'm Josh Elledge and here's my thing and let's do business. Um, I couldn't look up your competitors easily. I couldn't mm. find about you easily. Um, so I didn't have many options, number one. 
And number two, there wasn't a lot of transparency. The internet changed all of that. Yeah. I could look you up on social media. I could see the way you're interacting with people on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, if you're there. Um, and people do that. I mean, you know, it's like just, just before I got on with you, I got an email from this company that, you know, I'm looking to buy a certain software for some of my marketing funnels or whatever. And, uh, you know, they want to, charge me $20,000, which is fine if it can do what they actually, what they actually say it can do, which I'm not sure about. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, they, I just got an email like, Hey, are you going to purchase or whatever? And I was like, well, I don't know yet if you can really help me. Right. They're right. like, well, well, what more do you need? Haven't you seen all our testimonials? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dude, like you should take my course. <laughs> you right, need right. help. <laughs> Like, of course I've seen your testimonials. So what? I want to see the one-star reviews. I want to know how you guys operate when things aren't working well. Yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, Barry, let's take a look then at you've got your, uh, you have your four pillars to success. Uh, and a good acronym to remember this is EARS, E-A-R-S. So we'll, right. we'll use that as our template. And if you could start us off with number one, which is extraordinary communications. Sure. So I created this model to do one thing and one thing only, which is to have your prospects chase you. It's very important for your prospects to start chasing you instead of you chasing your prospects. We don't want to be there. So these four things are four practices. They're four disciplines that if you practice them consistently, your prospects will chase you. And the first one is extraordinary communication. And the reason for that is because um, if you're communicating in an ordinary fashion nowadays, you're just not even trying. Hmm. So if you're sending an email with a subject title that's like, you know, regarding project, whatever, um, don't send it. You know what I mean? Like people, people uh, are, they're behind on emails. They're behind on yeah. all their work stuff. They are getting slacks and Instagrams and Facebooks. Their daughter is sick. They didn't sleep well last night. They've been hit up four times today already. You're number five. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So extraordinary communication means you need to start to ask yourself, when is the last time they heard someone speak to them this way? So every time you're going to get on a call or walk into a meeting or send an email, you need to ask yourself what I'm about to communicate. When is the last time they heard someone speak to them this way? And if the answer is probably last week, it's not good enough. Mm. So just to give you an example, um, I was working with one of my clients who was trying to land a contract with Disney worth about a million dollars. There were like six other competitors vying for that contract. Um, and so I asked them to send me the final email proposal they were going to send. Um, and, you know, again, it was that classic regarding project, you know, project X. Yeah. And I said, hell no. Hell no, you might as well put in the subject line, we don't want to win this contract for the same price. Um, and I said, tell me something about the decision maker whose name was, let's say, Lisa. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, well, we know she loves Game of Thrones because she referenced it in the meeting. Because I said, I want something personal. Tell me something personal. Um, I said, great. Um, tell me more. Oh, she's a redhead. No, I'm a redhead. She's a redhead. Great. Okay. Who's an interesting character from Game of Thrones who has red hair? Oh, Sansa. Okay, good. That's your subject title. To our favorite Sansa. 
Now that's just a subject title before I shredded their whole email. They got that contract. So the first thing we need to do is grab attention. If you don't have attention, you have nothing. You can't get to work on anything. And so extraordinary, extraordinary communication is, is really, really critical. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, if, if uh, Lisa is looking at five or six emails that, that have come in and, you know, the other ones are all regarding blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, it just stands out uh, and it's just, it's personal. It, it really communicates that you actually care and that you're, I think most importantly is that you're human. Like we're all human. We're all consumers. We're all people. You know, we may be decision makers, uh, but, you know, it's like when dealing with, you know, as a consumer expert, one thing I'll commonly do in, in, in you know, when you have to call customer service, never, ever, ever refer to the person on the other phone as you guys or your company. It's as soon as you do that, it's like, well, you've just drawn the line in the sand. And you've, you know, it's us against, you know, it's me against you. And so instead, you know, you want to, you know, bring them to your side of the table and you say, listen, if AT&T did this to you, like, what would you do? Like, what would you ask for? Like, how would you solve this problem? And now you have an advocate instead of an adversary. So I, I see some parallels there. Yeah. Um. So number two, Barry, is shameless advocacy. And by the way, I, I think you illustrated extraordinary communications very, very well. And so it, just recap on that. So making it personal uh, is obviously extreme. Making it human. Um, and then um, would you say those are probably two of the biggest elements to that? Um, I, I would say it, it can be. Um, you know, but the most important question to ask is, is there any way they're not going to open this email? Is there any way they're not going to perk up when I say this in the meeting? Mm. Um, because you want to communicate in a way they haven't been spoken to in many, many, many moons. Like that is just so critical. And, um, it's not about being, uh, provocative for the sake of being provocative. Mm -hmm. You want to do it in a way that sits well with them. And, you know, to our favorite Sansa is, is great. Like it's, it's, it's funny. It's interesting. It tells, it tells her, Oh, we're really paying attention. Um, Cause she just casually mentioned game of Thrones in the middle of an hour long meeting. Right. Um, it's, it hits all these marks. And so that's really where you want to get to with extraordinary communication. Number two is shameless advocacy. I see you follow your own advice uh, because your headline on your website is I help small business biz owners get 50% more done, be better with their people and increase sales 30%. There, those are some bold claims, my friend. <laughs> they are, they are bold claims. And so why does this work? Uh, so, you know, one of the big pain points around sales is people don't want to be pushy. Mm. Um, now some people get off on being pushy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, if you take a trip down Wall Street on some streets over there, you'll find people who love that. But most people uh, don't want to be pushy. And so there comes a point in the conversation where it's like we're playing the politeness. I call it the politeness game. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to like when you say, oh, this is really oh, Barry, this is super intriguing. Oh, yeah. Your sales system sounds really cool. Why don't you send us over a proposal and we'll take a look at it. And and so, like, I'm going to which, of course, is a polite way of saying no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um 
you know, so I'm going to pretend like you're really interested and you're going to pretend like you're interested or we're both going to pretend like we don't know that what's really happening underneath the surface of this mm. conversation is nothing's going to happen. Um, and it, it just, it just doesn't work. So shameless advocacy is about really owning the value that you can do. If this person, this is important. If this person is the right fit for you and you do your best work with them, what kind of impact can you create over there? So those are, those are two things. If this person is an ideal client for you and you do your best work, what is possible? So for example, um, I was recently, I was just two weeks ago in LA, um, you know, a, a, you know, well-known, uh, you know, management of talent in Hollywood company brought me in to troubleshoot some of their artists that are popping off the way they want to. Hmm. And, um, you know, I started looking at their communications around some of these artists and I saw like the email they're sending is like to some of the big studios is like, and labels is like, Hey, you know, something like, uh, you know, Hey, uh, I thought you might love to check out this music from one of our artists. We think, we think it's killer, you know, link, hmm. whatever. Um, and I was like, what's really the value? So here, here's this executive sitting at some, you know, hot label gets this email. What value do you represent to his life? Like, like it's all about you, right? So it's like, Oh, please pay attention to us. Please take a look at us. Please help us. He doesn't give a shit about you. What can you do for him or what can you do for her? And I said, isn't it true that if this artist, really pops it would change the very trajectory of this person's career if they were responsible for bringing in an artist who hit the top 40 it would change the very trajectory of their career their bonus that year would be insane you're not owning the value you represent potentially to this person and so we changed it to um, you know hey tom hey lisa i'd love to help change the trajectory of your career and turn you into a <laughs> rock star. I want this year to be the fattest bonus you ever get. Warning, this artist's music is addictive. You may find yourself listening to it on repeat. Here it is. So, you know, it's, and you know, their response rates blew up after that. They've been emailing me like last <laughs> week. Because, because people, it, it accomplishes a few things. One, it tells people, um, you're not shy about owning what you're doing. You're a real professional. Like you're, you're not hedging your bets. You're not, Ooh, I can't say certain things. Like if that's what you do own it. Um, and it's, and it's really about being shameless about it, which this is why I, I like to say it's really a spiritual model. A lot of this, because it's really about um, owning how valuable you are, which is hard for people because we have a lot of shit with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, we often feel like a fraud. We often feel like we're not, um, that valuable, frankly. And this is spiritual work. You know, it's spiritual work to deal with your shit, own the value you represent and communicate from that place. And that's shameless advocacy. Yeah. So now, it's, it's, now you got to deliver, you got to yeah. deliver, but, but you also need to communicate. And to be clear, we're talking about the advocacy in the outcome that we want to bring the other person. So I and their advocate, I'm not just advocating for my own results generically. I'm like, no, I want to bring this, I am able to bring this change in you. Yeah, exactly. So, 
it's shameless advocacy of the value that you represent to this person, to their life. Right. I know, for example, when I'm sitting with a small business owner, I could change this, this person's life, their very life, because if their business grows by 30%, their life is changing. Both the quality of their life, the, the surface of their life, everything. I'm going to own that. Now, I can't help everybody. And I have, I am very selective about who I work with. Fine. But at least when I'm communicating what I can do for them, I'm going to make it all about them. And I'm going to be shameless about the value I can bring to them. If that's what I do. Uh, How do you balance that versus the, you know, being careful not to over promise, or I guess you just, you just need to know what your capabilities are. Is it, would you, would you agree that that's it? I would say you need to know what your capabilities are. Number two. And I also say overpromise and overdeliver. Do both. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that um, no, no, don't overpromise and don't deliver. Okay, but yeah. but overpromise and overdeliver means there's a there's a two there's two things happening here. One is that we're being shameless and getting our shit out of the way so we could own how valuable we are. Number one, mm-hmm. um, and put all the insecurities and fears and doubts we have on the side and look at what have we actually done for people when they were our best client and we were doing our best work, what's actually possible here. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Josh, you know that uh, you've had clients that were ideal fits for you. You did your best work with them and you yeah. changed their life. Yeah. Right. So like, that's just the fact of the matter. So when we move on then to uh, number three, which is radical honesty. My um, favorite. <laughs> so tell me more. Cause I honestly, like I, can I, I get insecure when I, when I read that and I thought, oh my gosh, Barry, are you, are you about to say something really, uh, that it's going <laughs> to leave me in tears or something like when you're radical, radically honest, I help me, help me understand this. Yeah. So radical honesty is just about continuously pointing to the elephant in the conversation. Mm. That's all. So if someone says that sounds super intriguing, send me over a proposal. I'm going to say something like, you know, I have no problem sending you a proposal, Josh, but I know that very often people are being polite when they say that mm-hmm. and are really not all that interested. And that's totally fine if that's you. Yeah. Is that what's going on here? I love that. Okay. That that's saves a now. lot of time. <laughs> what do you say? That's going to save a lot of time. Exactly. I don't want to play the polite game. You don't want to play. What are we doing here? Yeah. You know? um, or if someone says, uh, you know, you know, let's say I've been speaking to a, 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 you know, a a potential client or whatever for some time. And they're like, well, can you send me testimonials or whatever? I would say, I'm happy to send you testimonials. I have like 50 testimonials on my website and LinkedIn. You could go take a look at them. I'm happy to send them to you, but is that really what's going to help you make a decision here? Hmm. Really? That's really what's going to help you give the clarity to know whether this is a worthy investment or not. I'd rather take a look with you at what would help you make that decision. So radical honesty is about having the courage to elevate a polite sales conversation to an authentic, real conversation between two human beings who are not putting up a front, who are not playing the polite game, um, and who are just actually authentically saying what they're actually thinking. Yeah, I think that that's being honest with one's own purpose as well and say, listen, uh, you know, I, I I have a I have a purpose here, and that purpose is to, uh, you know, deliver deliver that out, the outcome that I know that I'm capable of. But you know, if if 
I got lost in my thoughts here, but you know, uh, if we're, I think if we're staying true to that, then we really don't have time to play any other games. Um, and, and so it almost evokes a sense of urgency uh, to say, you know, that, you know, I have this power to do this. And so, um, you know, let's, I, I like where you kind of, you're, you're searching for clarity on what they really, really, really want. Because that's and going also, to help facilitate your, your the best outcome that you could provide. Yeah. And also, I would say do it from love. Do it with love. Like, people are not used to radical honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important to be gentle with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and people are their own worst enemy. Like, no one's, no one's, it's not personal. Just, you know, everyone's just playing like it. Like, I don't know something like a month ago, I was, I just got on the phone with a VP at AMX, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, he was like, um, you know, after a few minutes, it became clear. Like, he's like, oh, we're not actually looking for a sales trainer. We're looking for a system to generate more leads. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, now I happen to know that, um, one of the things that happens with companies when I work with them is their lead generation starts to explode. Although my system is not directly related to lead generation. Um, but you see, there's a certain framing now in the conversation because once he says that anything I say is going to be heard as what? Like, like if you say, Oh, we're not looking for that. And then I say, Oh no, my thing also does that. What is that heard as it's heard as bullshit. Yeah. So a lot of times radical honesty is helpful to take away a certain framing so that you could communicate in a way that they could actually hear. So, you know what I said to him, look, man, um, I know that what I'm about to say can be heard in this and this way. And that's not how I mean it. Mm-hmm. I actually mean it that here's the results people have. And, and I'm just telling you what's true. Like, I, I'm not saying I'd even agree to work with you. Like there's so many, we were so early in the conversation. It wasn't even about that, but it was like, I, 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 you, you want to use radical honesty sometimes to take away a certain filter people have so that they can actually hear what you're saying. I love this. Um, and then finally, number four and oh man, we are overdue. Sorry. <laughs> radical service. Barry, I think you're going to, uh, listen, um, maybe just touch on that real briefly and then let's get right into where people can re- when they can connect with you and how they can learn more about the pillars. Let's leave that as a teaser. Okay. All right. Radical service is the teaser. There we go. And and so Barry, your website is barryschwartz.com. B-E-R-R-Y. Barry S- like a strawberry. There we go. And S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.com. You're a speaker, you're a consultant, and looks like you've got a podcast. And that yep. so the name of your podcast is Radical Results. No, not how to get changed, radical though. results in your small business. I changed the name of the podcast a while mm-hmm. ago. It's called the Shameless Sales Game now. Great, great. And yeah. you also have the uh, Sales Academy as well. And yeah. what happens in the Sales Academy? Sales Academy is for people who can't afford my premium rates um, or who don't even want that. It's a online academy. Uh, I run it four times a year. It's quite affordable. It's a thousand bucks per person. It's twelve weeks of some of the best on-hand sales training that is out there. Mm. Fantastic. And again, that's all at BarrySchwartz.com. Barry, thank you so much for joining us. You're so welcome, Josh. Have a beautiful day, man. 
Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.